Good morning. My name is Jay Rosenthal and I'm the Managing Director of Business of Cannabis. Welcome to the Cannabis Daily Show for Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. Since 2017, we've highlighted the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the cannabis industry, and we look to do that here every day. We would always love to hear from you in the comments, and feel free to visit us at businessofcannabis.com, as well as through all of our social channels, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as through this YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, please do subscribe. Following today's top cannabis news and insights on the Cannabis Daily Show, we'll have our B of C Live segment where today we'll be joined by Neil Marota. He is the CEO of Indiva, a cannabis edibles manufacturer here in Canada. So stay tuned for that. Some updates. Tomorrow, March 10th, we'll be in Brooklyn for our Business of Cannabis New York sessions. It's going to be a great event that starts at 7 p.m. in Brooklyn. There is an important note. If you're planning on attending our event tomorrow evening, the location has moved 100 meters 100 yards down the road to the William Vale. The program, the speakers, all of that is the same, but the location has shifted. There are still a few tickets left, so please go to the registration link below and sign up. On March 30th, we'll be online for our monthly retail series. We'll be talking about how to get your retail shop up and ready for 420. And then in September, there'll be two days for Business of Cannabis in New York. Uh, you can find all the information in the link below as well. For today's stories. Corporate cannabis is opposed to proposed craft grower canopy increase in Illinois. A look at monthly cannabis sales in Canada. The cannabis industry is growing, but women's participation is slowing. MedMen amends its complaint against accusations against Ascend. And Germany continues prosecuting CBD businesses. For our first story. Once hailed as creating a promising social equity program in cannabis, the state of Illinois is facing numerous challenges helping newly licensed craft growers, most of whom are minority-owned, and helping them get off the ground. Now, here's what's going on. Craft growers would like to increase their canopy limit from 5,000 square feet to 14,000 square feet. They say the current maximum isn't enough to be profitable or to attract investors, and most larger cultivators are opposing the proposal, arguing that they do not want minority-owned companies to succeed. That's not what they're arguing. But their licenses could be sold off to out-of-state entrepreneurs if the increase is allowed. Scott Redman of the Illinois Independent Craft Growers Association said, quote, quite a few of the current 40 craft growers groups really are precariously positioned as, as not being able to attract financing, he said, and attributing this to the canopy limit. For our second story, each week, Business of Cannabis delivers a series of insights from our partners at Cannabis Benchmarks. And this week, Cannabis Benchmarks examines updated household expenditure data issued quarterly by Statistics Canada. You can see the briefing on our website, but in Q4 of 2021, here's the highlight. The estimated household expenditure for legal recreational cannabis continued to grow, while estimated expenditures in the illicit market continued to contract. Again, see the full briefing on businessofcannabis.com. Following up on yesterday's International Women's Day, the percentage of women in executive cannabis roles has dropped from approximately 37% to 22% according to new data compiled by the Women in Cannabis Study, which looked at qualitative feedback from 1,500 respondents from 2019 on. Now, this quote, despite... That's despite the findings in a recent white paper from the ArcView Group and the National Cannabis Industry Association concluding companies with women in leadership roles are actually more profitable and produce more than twice the revenue per dollar invested than those without them. This is from a story in Forbes.
for our fourth story, and we're back at it again. The drama over MedMen's New York license and Ascend Wellness's failed attempt to acquire it continues. Last month, you'll remember, MedMen's lawyers said they would be amending their original complaint against Ascend after alleging the company had inappropriately influenced the governor's office at a fundraising event last year in the rush to approve the deal before it actually expired. Now, Ascend had demonstrated that those, acu those accused of the uh, of, of using uh, political contributions for influence were not actually at the event in question. But now, reports Green Market Report, MedMen says they aren't backing down in the amended counterclaim, writing that despite perhaps not having all the details correct, oh, it's a legal filing, Ascend used improper, quote, political pressure and undue influence. The governor's office, for their part, denied any improper conduct, and Ascend responded saying they are within their rights to make political contributions. As well, not unimportantly, MedMen, for their part, donated a reported $25,000 to the previous <clears throat> administration in New York. For our final story, German CBD and hemp companies are facing criminal charges despite the country's intention to legalize adult-use cannabis and court proceedings are still ongoing. Quote, I'm processing about 15 criminal cases against dealers of CBD and hemp leaf tea, said the lawyer representing several German CBD companies to BusinessCan. I estimate there will be several hundred similar cases throughout the country in addition to the 185,000 preliminary criminal prosecutions against recreational users. So we will keep our eyes on CBD regulations and prosecutions in Germany. Those are the stories we're watching today. Join 10,000 others and catch all of these stories and more in your inbox every day at 7 a.m. Eastern with our Cannabis Daily Newsletter. Coming up on our BFC Live segment, which is actually our 240th episode. No, I got that wrong. It's our 420th episode. No wonder I get it wrong. It's a 420 episode. We're in conversation with Neil Morota, the CEO of Indiva, to talk about their approach to the Canadian cannabis market, including understanding Canadian consumers and bringing innovative products to market with their brand partners, including Wana and Bang. Enjoy this conversation with Neil Morota. Neil, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jay. I'm excited to have you because when I do, it means we're talking about, well, certainly Indiva, but also Wana. Uh, and um, I like talking about it because I think I mentioned this last time we maybe saw each other in person. Um, you know, we've been talking to you for years, almost since the beginning of Business of Cannabis, and you don't often change the things you say. You say, uh, consumers are going to like, well, in this case, gummies, they're going to like them a lot. We're going to innovate on this. We're going to bring important brands to the market and people are going to love them. Like, how does that feel to sort of see the full spectrum of what's going on in cannabis over the years? And now certainly, I, I'm not saying now hitting the stride because you've been hitting your stride for a while, but how does that sort of feel with you sort of understanding the market right now? Well, it feels good. Uh, it's it's nice to have products that consumers love and to get that love back in return. Uh, obviously, we're it's a competitive industry, and so you know we want to see our products in that top ten list. Uh, and we're always excited about bringing new products uh, to Canadians into market. I think there's there's still some work to be done, though. Uh, I think on the regulatory front, and and luckily we're moving into a review of the Cannabis Act here. And I think maybe one of the, um, as well as intentioned as it might have been, I think there's certainly room to see higher THC limits uh, in all of the edibles. Um, 
it's funny, I, I kind of think of it like a barbell approach. We get people that complain there's not nearly enough THC in these packages. And then we get, let's say, maybe more a novice folks that say, you know, one gummy is enough for me. Uh, I, I've had people tell me they cut a gummy in half. So uh, I think it illustrates the point that everybody is different. And I think with positive regulatory change in the next year or two, I don't think it's that far out. Uh, I think, you know, that we'll see this category grow even further. Yeah, and that, that's actually one of the things that I think is interesting is to think about what you see in other markets and certainly what want to see in other markets. And what we see here is that obviously people respond to the brand and want to buy the brand. It allows you to expand the brand portfolio to include other products, which is great. But the, the, from a government perspective, from a regulatory perspective, there was this idea that like, we're going to offer new products to, to consumers or we're going to allow for that and they're going to be attracted to them. At the same time, we want to sort of drive down the legacy market. But those policies, especially the sort of low, not low, but limited, um, limited potencies or limited packaging, you know, per package potencies, like that is actually going against their other stated policy, which is like getting people into the, the legal market. And so where does right. that sort of give and take? And you've obviously you've been to other markets and one is in other markets too. And like something has to give, and I think it will, but like it can't happen fast enough for the industry. And it certainly can't happen fast enough for consumers who, who want to shop in a regulated environment, but also don't want to buy 10 packs at a time. Right. Yeah, 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 very true. Yeah, I'm hopeful we'll see that change in the next year or two. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's. I think everyone's aware of, of this gap between, let's say, how big the edibles category is in Canada versus the United States. But we're also starting to see new products that, maybe for lack of a better word, are sort of engaging in regulatory arbitrage, where they're not really an edible, but uh, they're sort of like an edible, and they've got more milligrams because they qualify as an extract and. I don't think that was the original intention of the, of the law either. Um, so anyway, I think in, in time as edible, as the THC limits go up in particular, uh, you're gonna see more people come to this category. And, and like you said, less people going to the illicit market. Yeah, and I wanna talk about that because obviously um, WANA has a, has a big place in the market and consumers are finding it and enjoying it and buying more and more. And I want like, obviously you understand your understanding every day more about those consumers and what they want and need and what they're asking for. Talk about how that plays into sort of product development and what you're rolling out. I mean, I, I wanna to talk to you about sort of adding CBN into the into sort of the fold because I think it is this sort of innovation and understanding consumers, understanding the product, understanding the marketplace gaps that you guys are really doing well. Talk a little bit about sort of how you understand the market now and what how that lends itself to sort of innovation and new products. Sure, I mean, we're, we're definitely beneficiaries of, of all the R&D that our license or our partners do. That's one of the benefits of, of, of licensing a brand. Uh, we don't have to do all of the heavy lifting ourselves. Uh, certainly we provide a lot of input in terms of consumer preferences and tastes in Canada. Uh, I wouldn't say the need states are massively different other than, you know, let's say the big potency gap that we've talked about, but uh, we absolutely piggyback on the hard work that WANA does or groups like Bang do. We license their chocolate as well. Um, and, and then beyond that, I think, you know, what we're starting to see now is a push towards minor cannabinoids. Uh, and people are starting to wake up to things like CBN and CBG and, and uh, you know, there's some added benefits or, or let's say addresses uh, certain preferences with those, with those cannabinoids. So uh, WANA does a lot of heavy lifting in terms of R&D on 
uh, consumer preferences and uh, uses crowdsourcing and AI uh, to develop their, their formulas, which also include you know, upwards of 30 different terpenes as, as part of the, the, uh, uh, the mix. So uh, a lot of hard work goes into this. This is not simply injecting uh, you know, THC into, into gummies. This 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 thoughtful process by our licensed partners. Yeah, and I want to ask that because I think you know we are several years into this, even several years into the sort of 2.0 products, and consumers have a knowledge base. Certainly, the the consumers that buy the most product and they understand the want a brand. I don't want to talk about it from sort of a branding and and sort of business perspective. Like obviously, that is the advantageous relate you know position to be in to to have an established brand and to move consumers from that one product to others. And like, is it easier for folks like Wana and folks like Indiva to actually do that than sort of launching net new products that people don't know? Or I think also importantly that buyers don't necessarily know from retailers, right? Like how, how does that play into that? Like, it, you know, it, it's not limitless for sure, but certainly there's an advantage to you and what you're doing. Yeah, it, it's it's not limitless, but you're right. It it does have a certain halo effect when we launch a new wanna, whether it's uh, you know the fast onset that we launched a year ago, the wanna quick gummies, uh, or in this case the midnight berry, which we'll talk about. I hope in a minute, uh, which is sort of has the CBN uh, content, but it, it's not really an either or proposition for us in terms of how we think about it. Certainly, we're really happy with the licensed partners that we have. A couple of things I think really benefited Diva from, from doing those deals. I mean, obviously, number one, bringing great products to market. You know, that was kind of the bet. And, and as you mentioned, people can go back and rewind the tape. We really were betting on successful products that had a track record, you know, getting well accepted in, in Canada. And that's happened. Uh, but it also, you know, it forced us to learn how to make, you know, 800,000 packages of gummies a month and, and half a million packages of chocolate a month. And distribute them across this country. We're we're in uh, twelve provinces and territories now, and we hope to ship something to none of it um, in the next couple of months. So we'll be literally in all provinces and territories. So it's really grown our skill set on making these products at scale and distributing them uh, coast to coast to coast. And that's not easy. It's also grown our relationships with the provincial wholesalers. You know, there's a lot of touch points. Uh, before a customer actually gets a product in their hands in this country, not unlike most of our industry. Um, and so, you know, there, there's been a, a, let's say behind the scenes growth of the company that will now enable us to innovate some of our own products. And, and that's something we're looking forward to this year and next. Yeah, T talk a little bit about, you mentioned this sort of CBN Midnight Berry, I think it's called from Wana. Uh, talk, talk a little about that product in particular like its taste profile, sort of how it's going to be packaged, how it's going to be, you know, the dosage and all that. Sure. Yeah. So it's uh, like, like most of our gummies, it has to stay under 10 milligrams of THC. This particular gummy uh, only has two milligrams of THC per gummy. It'll come two in a pack, like uh, most of our other one SKUs. We now we've introduced some 10 pack SKUs, which are interesting, uh, CBD heavy, uh, but this will have, each gummy has 10 milligrams CBD, five milligrams of CBN, and two milligrams of THC. So, uh, you know, the THC is there to activate the minor cannabinoids. Um, it's got a great flavor. They are not sugar-coated the same way the other wana gummies uh, appear, uh, but it does contain CBN. And, that, and that's kind of the, 
the secret sauce, if you will. I, you know, I don't know how much science there is behind this, but certainly there's lots of anecdotal evidence of uh, people mm -hmm. dropping phones on their faces, and uh, these gummies do help you fall asleep. Uh, and it, whether it's a placebo effect or the real deal, I, I mean, I tend to think it's more the latter. Um, and again, I think it's a credit to the research that that one has done. And there's very few CBN uh, gummies or products really in in the Canadian market. I would expect a lot more to come out, uh, you know, over the next year or so. But you know, again, to be early, uh, early-ish, even if not first, with with a want of product is really important for us. Yeah, and I just like the shorthand. I tell my mother-in-law, "N nighttime, CBN is for nighttime, <laughs> right?" It, it it won't help that the word midnight is on it as well. And Wana, she does like, and 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 too. It's a, it's a family affair, of course. Um, and and I wonder, sort of uh, feeding into sort of what you are hearing from. I don't know if you call them or your retail partners, but certainly provincial bo distribution boards, but also retailers that you talk to, like are consumers getting better at this? Like they, they know the full suite of products out there or are they or are they sort of still experimenting or are they finding products and then expanding their taste? Like what, what, what are we seeing from, from both retailers and consumers now, how they understand sort of, uh, you know, edibles that are on the market? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think, there's been some evolution. I don't know if there's been anything revolutionary uh, to it. I think um, we're starting to, I can give you just personal anecdotes. You know, we were at Lyft uh, back in November, which actually turned out to be a pretty good show. And, you know, I had some people coming up to me saying, can you please make a sugar-free edible? Uh, and, and so, I mean, I would love to, you know, <laughs> there's, so, you know, I've had other customers asking already about things like CBG, when will we have a CBG gummy? And, and that's in the works, but not quite yet. Uh, we, did, we did sign a deal in December with another edible company out of the United States called Groon. Um, and uh, they make uh, gummies and chocolates. It's another female founded and, and led company. Uh, and they're very heavily focused on the CBG and CBN minor cannabinoids and, and in much more aggressive, let's say ratios than you might see from Wana or what's in the Canadian market now. So no question, people are, are starting to drill down a little deeper, uh, but I think there's still a lot of education uh, to be done over the next few years uh, as consumers get smarter, as reg, regs change and, and as you know, see more, more of these minor cannabinoids become popular. Yeah, no, it is, it, it, it's still an exciting time, I think, and I wanna ask you, like, I, I'm excited because over COVID, certainly there's been a pandemic happening, but within the pandemic, the number of stores, cannabis retail stores in the in the country has gone up, you know, 100% plus, right? The number of SKUs up and down the sort of form factors has gone up dramatically too. Um, and it's going to take time for like consumers to catch up with that rapid growth of both where they want to buy it, what they want to buy, how they want to experience cannabis. And it's also coinciding with you know, certainly the loosening of regulations here in Ontario, but other places too, like there's a lot happening. And as we come out of winter, go into summer, like it seems like, I know it's been a challenging time for the cannabis industry at large, but there seem to be a lot of things in the right place now in Canada that didn't exist pre-pandemic or during pandemic. Are you feeling those same sort of winds behind us, like moving us forward? Yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've kind of maintained from the beginning that I'm not sure the pandemic was actually good for the cannabis industry in Canada. I think in the U S you had some markets where might've added a bit of a boost. Um, but I mean, as you pointed out, we were, we had in our largest market, so many lockdowns uh, where stores were closed. And, you know, I think one of the, um, 
maybe originally unintended consequences that I think is very positive is permanent delivery that we see now in Ontario as well. That's a huge, I, I, to me, that was kind of the last piece of the puzzle where we can be fully competitive, maybe <laughs> some potency limits aside right. with the recent market. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm really optimistic as we go into the summer here and uh, case counts are down. It looks like ICU count is very, very low and you know we're starting to get past uh, vaccine mandates in, in restaurants and things like this. So yeah, I mean, we're really excited to see sporting events come back and concerts and, and big public outdoor events, uh, indoor events. I think that's all really positive for the sector. I think so too, Neil. I always appreciate talking to you because um, I do, uh, full disclosure, I do like Wanagummies um, and we'll, we'll be exploring the CBN version as well. Um, and I always enjoy speaking with you both way back in the day and today as well. Um, so kudos to you and the team. Um, keep on trucking and we look forward to connect with you down the road. Thanks a lot, Jay. Anytime. My pleasure. Thanks, Neil. That was episode 43 of the 43 of the Cannabis Daily Show and episode 420 of BFC Live. Thank you for joining us on YouTube or wherever you caught the program. And please do subscribe. We appreciate having you here. We will see you tomorrow and we will see you tomorrow in Brooklyn for those that will be there.